Welcome to Tairat e Mechanach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Pamela Rufko Simonson, and today we will be studying Divrei Hayamim Bey's Parak Tess, Chapter 9. Shlomo's building projects and the beautiful functioning of the service in the Beis Hamikdash have been described. And now, similar to the account in Sefer Malachim, Shlomo's visit from the Queen of Shiva is outlined here also in Parak Tess in Pesukim 1 to 12. The Queen of Shiva heard of Shlomo's fame and she came to test him with riddles in Yerushalayim. She was testing his wisdom. The Pesukim paint the picture of opulence in this regal visit. It's worth trying to imagine so that these real events we read about become more alive in our minds. The Pesukim describe that she came with an extremely large entourage, with camels carrying spices, with gold in abundance, and with precious stones. She came to Shloma, and she spoke with him all that was in her heart, meaning things that she had hidden from everyone and kept in her heart so they could not be revealed to Shloma. Shloma answered everything that she asked him. The queen saw Shloma's wisdom and the house he had built and the food of his table and the seating of his servants and the station of his attendants and their attire and his cupbearers and their attire and the ascent by which he would go up to the temple of Hashem and there was no more spirit left in her. She was greatly amazed. And she said to the king, The thing that I heard in my land about your words and your wisdom is true. She continued, but I did not believe their words until I came and my eyes saw. And behold, it wasn't told to me even half of your abundant wisdom. You have exceeded the report that I heard. Fortunate are your men and fortunate are these servants of yours who stand before you always and listen to your wisdom. Blessed to be Hashem, your God, who desired you to place you on his throne, to be king for Hashem, your God. Because of your God's love for Yisrael to establish them forever, he placed you as king over them to do justice and righteousness, to lead the people in uprightness with great wisdom. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold and very abundant spices and precious stones. There were never such spices as those that the queen of Shavar gave to King Shlomo. Khuram's servants and Shlomo's servants, who brought gold from Ophir, also brought algum wood and precious stones. And Shlomo made from the algum wood a path to the house of Hashem, the ascent mentioned earlier on, and to the king's house, and harps and lyres for the singers. None like them had been seen before in the land of Yehudah. And King Shlomo gave the Queen of Shiva all that she requested from the precious things that she saw in Shlomo's house, aside from what he gave her himself without her asking, in reciprocation for the gift she brought to Shlomo. And she turned and she went to her land, she and her servants.
There were sprinklings of interpretation by Matsudas Dovid as I was just running through details of this episode here. This brings us to verses 13 to 14, which give further account of Shlomo's wealth, saying, The weight of gold that came to Shlomo in one year, Matsudas Dovid specifies from Ophir, the place we mentioned in the previous parak and earlier in this parak. The weight of gold that came to Shlomo in one year was 666 kikrei zohov, talents of gold. From Posuk 14 with Matsudas Dovid and Matsudas Tsioin, we understand that this amount of gold was in addition to that which the Anshe Hatorim and the Seicharim, the merchants, would bring. And all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land brought gold and silver to Shlomo. The Anshe Hatorim, which I didn't translate yet, were explorers. Hatorim comes from the word Lotur, to explore, to spy out, to seek. These people mentioned here who would bring gold were small traders who would seek out and spy out merchandise to buy it in the cheapest place. The Seicharim refers to the bigger merchants, says Radak. So all these people were bringing merchandise to Shlomo. And interestingly, Rashi sheds a new perspective on this amazing network of incoming wealth. As we see these details point to people's desire to experience Shlomo's great wisdom. Rashi says that the merchants, kings and governors would bring Shlomo merchandise in order to see his wisdom. Continuing from Posuk 15, Shlomo made 200 tzino, shields, of zohov shochut, which Rashi says means soft gold that could be spun like thread. Each one of these shields was made from 600 measures of gold. Matsudas Dovid says that it's 600 dinar of gold. And he made 300 moginim, a different type of shield, also from zohov shachut, the same type of gold. And each of these shields was made from 300 measures of gold. Matsudas Tsion clarifies that the design of tsino type shields was like clothing. They were made to surround a person's body to protect, to save them from the strike of a sword. And that the maginim type of shields were those made to be held in war as protection. And Shlomo put all of these shields in the house of the forest of Levanain, a big house that Shlomo made in the Levanain forest, referenced in Sefer Malachim Perak 7, says Matsudas David. Posik 17. Vayas hamelech kisi shein gadol, vayitzapehu zahav tahar. The king made a great ivory throne and he overlaid it with pure gold. 18 to 19 with Matsudas David. And there were six steps to the throne. And there was a ramp made from gold via which one would ascend on the steps to sit on the throne. The steps were attached to the throne and there were arms extending out either side of the place made for sitting on the throne, the seat part. The arms either side were for leaning on. Two gold lions were standing beside the armrests. Twelve lions were standing on the six steps, six on either side. Nothing like this had been made in any kingdom. The 
intricate details of Shlomo's throne hold a lot of meaning. We won't focus on it here, but there's a great deal to learn from it, also in Sefer Malachim and other sources. Pesukim 20 to 25, with interpretation from Metsudas, And all King Shlomo's drinking vessels were gold. And all the vessels of the house of the Levanine forest were Zahav Sagar, gold that was nisgar, closed in a furnace, that purified it, removing the worthless material from it. So it's a very refined gold, Zahav Sagar. And silver was considered like nothing in the days of Shlomo. For the king had ships going to Tarshish with Khuram's servants. Once in three years, the ships would come from Tarshish carrying gold and silver, ivory, apes and peacocks. Vayigdal ha-melech shleima, mikol malchi ha-aretz la-aisher And King Shleima transcended all the kings of the earth in affluence and in wisdom. And all the kings of the earth wanted to see Shlomo, to hear his wisdom that Hashem had put in his heart. And each one would bring his gift, vessels of silver, vessels of gold, garments, weapons, spices, horses, mules. Customarily, they would come once a year. And Shlomo had 4,000 stables of horses and chariots. Each stable contained 10 horses, which explains the number 40,000 stables that's given in the account in Sefer Malachim. It's 40,000 horses in stables. He placed some of them in the chariot cities and some of them remained with the king in Yerushalayim. He had 12,000 horsemen. In Pesukim 26 to 28, we see that Shlomo ruled over all the kings from the river, which Malbim clarifies is the Euphrates, until the land of the Plishtim and until the border of Egypt. Silver and cedar trees were in abundance. Posuk 27 describing this is almost identical to Posuk 15 in Divrei Hayam in Beis Perak 1. And horses were brought to Shlomo from Egypt and from all the lands. Posuk 29. Usha'ar Divrei Shlomo harishonim v'ha'acharonim and the remainder of the matters of Shlomo, the first and the last, are they not written in the words of Noson, the prophet, and in the prophecy of Achio, the Shilonite, and in the visions of Yedoi, the seer, concerning Yorovom ben Nevot? Mutsuras David on this posuk explains that the matters of the beginning of Shlomo's days and of the end of his days are detailed in the book that Noson the prophet wrote and in a book of the prophecy of Achia and in a book of the visions of Yedai the seer in the story of the prophecy that he prophesied about Yeruvam and these books no longer exist. In Chaimas Anach, it's noted that in Sefer Malachim, all the matters of Shlomo are written about at length. And here, in Divrei Hayamim, nothing is written about the matter of Shlomo HaMelech, Alav HaShalom, taking wives. And earlier on, with the matters of David HaMelech, Alav HaShalom, there is no mention of the matter of Bathsheba and Uriah. 
because the entire Sefer of Divrei Hayomim is only written to honour them. And the Chaymas Anach points to Rashi's comment on Divrei Hayomim Aleph, Perak 15, Posak 29, where Michal's words to David when she has seen him dancing are omitted. Rashi says this is because this is a disrespect to David and Sefer Divrei Hayomim is for David's honour. Posuk 30, Vayimleich Shlema Virushalayim al Kol Yisrael Arboim Shana. And Shlema reigned in Yerushalayim over all of Yisrael for 40 years. Our Perak ends in Posuk 31 with the death of Shlema Hamelech. Words of his wisdom accompany the Jewish people in our study of Torah texts written by him and about him. A partner with Hashem in building the first Beis Hamikdash, a meeting place of heaven with earth, a place of profound power for tefillah, prayer, and a taste of what was to come in the days of Moshiach. I'll leave you to focus your mind on the final words of this parak. Vayishkav Shlema im avoisov. And Shlema lay with his fathers. Vayikberuhu beir David aviv. And they buried him in the city of David, his father. Vayimleich rechavom benoi. Tachtov, and his son Rechavam reigned in his place. Thank you for studying together, Leloi Nishmas, Rose Foreman, Razel Rachel Bas Arie Leib, and Rachel Zeitlin Rachel Bas Schleimer.